Welcome to Murder Minute. On today's episode, the Towpath murders. But first, your true crime headlines. A Nevada teenager was fatally shot last week in a fight over a video game. Officers responded to a report of a shooting at a home in northeast Las Vegas last Thursday at around 4.35 p.m. and found the body of 16-year-old Arthur Davis. The boy had been killed by a single gunshot wound to the chest. According to Lieutenant Ray Spencer, investigators believe that several people had gone to the home to play a video game in an upstairs room when two teens got into an argument. One of them produced a gun, and during a struggle over the weapon, Arthur Davis was shot in the chest. The 14-year-old fled the scene, but was found approximately 30 minutes later after a witness led officers to where the boy was hiding. It is unclear where the gun came from. The Clark County School District Police and Trauma Intervention Program specialists arrived on the scene, and the suspect was arrested and booked on an open murder charge. The 14-year-old's identity has not been released due to his age. A central Illinois man has been resentenced in the 1978 killings of three family members. Jimmy Childers was 17 when he was convicted of the murders of his mother, his stepfather, and his brother. After over 40 years in prison, 59-year-old Childers petitioned for a hearing following a U.S. Supreme Court ruling that sentencing a juvenile to life without parole is unconstitutional, except in rare cases when a homicide offender is deemed incapable of rehabilitation. Following the Supreme Court ruling, hundreds of offenders originally sentenced to life without parole as juveniles have been released nationwide. Childers' defense attorney, Karen Ramos, called four witnesses, one of them a psychologist, who testified that Childers had been the victim of psychological abuse. I beg the court to grant me the opportunity for a second chance at life, Childers said. But prosecutors argued that Childers shouldn't be given the opportunity, calling the triple murder one of the most appalling and horrific in the county's history. Childers' mother Norma and his stepfather Robert were stabbed multiple times and shot. His 15-year-old brother Warren was stabbed multiple times. The judge, Catherine Gorman, sided with the prosecution, saying, quote, Whatever led to your decision to act out in that way cannot and will not be rationalized by this court. Jimmy Childers was resentenced to life in prison. In Georgia, human remains have been identified as missing teenager 15-year-old Donald Jones of Savannah. Donald Jones was reported missing by his mother on September 21st. The report detailed that she last saw her son on September 18th and that she had expected him to go and stay at his grandmother's house. The teenager's remains were found in a wooded area by passersby. Detectives are investigating the case as a homicide. The cause of death has not yet been released. Those are your true crime headlines. Up next, the Towpath Murders. But first, a quick break. These are challenging times. So if there's something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals, and you've been thinking about talking to someone, 
it's time to get BetterHelp. BetterHelp is not a crisis line, and it's not self-help. BetterHelp is professional counseling, done securely online. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist so that you can start communicating in under 48 hours. They have a broad range of expertise available, and the service is available for clients worldwide. Just log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so that you don't ever have to sit in a waiting room. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change your counselor if you need to. Plus, it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Just visit their website and read the testimonials posted daily. Like this one, written by a BetterHelp user after counseling with Jennifer May for three months. Jennifer is a wonderful listener and a respectful guide. I appreciate her calm manner and the many useful techniques that she's given me to cope with day-to-day -day struggles. I recommend her highly. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MurderMinute, that's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P, and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are now recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Murder Minute listeners get 10% off their first month when they visit BetterHelp.com slash MurderMinute. That's 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash MurderMinute. Are you experiencing stress, anxiety, do you have chronic pain or trouble sleeping? You're not alone. If you're searching for something that might help, I want to tell you about Feels. Feels is premium CBD delivered directly to your doorstep that helps you reduce stress, anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness naturally. Feels is easy to take. Just place a few drops under your tongue and feel the difference within minutes. I take feels for my chronic back pain. And these days, it's helping me sleep better at night as well. Finding your right dose is important, and everyone's dose is different. So if you're new to CBD, start small and work your way up. Don't worry, feels works naturally to help you feel better. There's no high, no hangover, and no addiction. But Feels knows that navigating the world of CBD may seem complicated. So if you need a little guidance, Feels has you covered with real human support. They'll answer all of your questions on their free CBD hotline so that you can start feeling better sooner. Join the Feels community now and get Feels delivered to your door every month. You'll save money on every order, and you can pause or cancel at any time. Their hassle-free membership program is guaranteed to help you feel your best month after month or your money back. It's that simple. Feels is helping me feel better every day, and it can help you too. Become a member today 
by going to feels.com slash mm and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. That's F-E-A-L-S dot com slash mm to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. Start feeling better today at feels.com slash mm. Welcome back to Murder Minute. On Sunday, May 31st, 1953, London was preparing celebrations for the coronation of Elizabeth II. And in Teddington, two teenage girls, 16-year-old Barbara Songhurst and 18-year-old Christine Reed, set out on their bicycles. The best friends came and went throughout the day, and in the evening took their usual route toward the rural area around Teddington Lock, along a picturesque towpath that ran along the River Thames. The towpath stretched from Richmond to Teddington. Along their way, at around 8 p.m., Barbara and Christine stopped to chat with three teenage boys who were camping along the riverbank for the weekend. One of them, John Wells, would later tell police that the girls left their camp and were headed back at around 11 p.m. They never made it home. The next day, on Monday, June 1st, at 8.50 a.m., Barbara Songhurst was found floating in the Thames. A trail of blood near Teddington Lock marked the scene of the attack. Nearby, two pairs of abandoned women's shoes and socks were found. The killer had dragged her body down the towpath and thrown her into the river. She was pulled from the water near St. Catherine's Convent in Twickenham. She had three stab wounds to her back and a fractured skull. A pathologist would later find that the 16-year-old had also been raped. But where was Christine Reed? On Tuesday, June 2nd, Detective Herbert Hannum of Scotland Yard had the stretch of river dammed and drained. And 100 yards upstream from the trail of blood, police pulled a silver and blue bicycle out of the river mud. It was Christine's. It would be four more days before her body would be pulled from the river. Like Barbara, Christine's skull was fractured, she had been stabbed repeatedly in the chest, and she too had been raped. Police continued to search the mud for the murder weapon and for Barbara's bicycle, but neither turned up. Perhaps they thought one of the attackers had used Barbara's bicycle to flee. To the pathologist who examined the bodies, it was a crime that could only have been committed by, quote, an expert rapist. Whoever they were, they had done this before. The work of a maniac, the pathologist said. A monster as strong as an ape. Police believed that they were most likely dealing with two monsters. 
That was until they spoke to Duncan Webb. Duncan Webb was among the men who were in the vicinity on the night of the murders. He also happened to be a reporter for the News of the World. As he was in the area when the crime was committed, Webb was among the hundreds of men interviewed as a potential suspect. That's when he offered police his theory. The reporter suggested that rather than looking for two assailants, police should only be looking for one. The injuries on both girls were virtually identical, and to him looked like the hand of a single killer. A local man who knew the area. While at first it may not seem plausible that one man could have overpowered, raped, and killed the two teenage girls simultaneously, without one getting away, Webb believed that two killers with the same M.O. was even less plausible. Webb's theory was that the killer was a knife thrower. As one of the girls was assaulted, the other attempted to flee, and the killer threw the knife. Perhaps this, he suggested, explained the wounds in Barbara's back. With this theory in mind, police made inquiries at circuses and variety theaters, but failed to turn up any leads. Looking into other sexual assaults that might match the killer's M.O., police came upon the violent rape of a 14-year-old girl just eight miles from Teddington. The attack had occurred one week before Barbara and Christine were killed. Then, on June 17th, a 49-year-old woman, Mrs. Birch, was walking her dogs through a park when she was grabbed by a young man. He warned her that he had a knife and that he knew how to use it. He attempted to drag Mrs. Birch into the bushes, but the woman fought back until her attacker gave up and fled on a bicycle. She described the young man who assaulted her to police as a white man, exceptionally muscular and with a cleft chin. Police took 1,650 statements from adult males interviewed in the area. The case had become one of the largest manhunts England had ever seen. A 1,000-pound reward was offered in the news of the world for any information, and the public feared that the killer would soon strike again. After a month of interviews, police finally made an arrest. 22-year-old Alfred Charles Whiteway was taken into custody for the rape of the 14-year-old girl and the attack of Mrs. Birch. Whiteway was picked up in a patrol car and taken to the police station where he was searched and questioned. Initially, Whiteway was released, but he was picked up again and questioned by Detective Hannum. Whiteway claimed that on the night of Barbara and Christine's murders, he was with his wife, but Hannum was certain that he was lying. Placed in a lineup, Mrs. Birch was brought to the station and asked to identify the man who had attacked her in the park. She pointed to Alfred Whiteway. Alfred was born in London 
on June 21, 1931. His mother was a domestic servant, and his father died of cancer when he was 14. One of eight brothers and sisters, Alfred had an impoverished and troubled childhood. As a teenager, after numerous run-ins with the law, Alfred was sent to a reform school, where his conduct was described by the headmaster as, quote, most unsatisfactory. He may have had an undiagnosed learning disability. After serving time for theft in 1948, Alfred found work in construction. Former co-workers recalled Alfred's imposing physique. His upper body strength was reportedly so great that he could climb the scaffolding using only his arms. They also recalled his obsession with knives. Alfred, it was said, could split a matchbox with a knife from 30 yards and could hit a chalk line on a tree with a hatchet from up to 40 yards. When Alfred impregnated a young woman named Nellie, they got married, despite her mother's strong disapproval of him. By 1953, Alfred and Nellie had a two-year-old daughter and another child on the way, but were now separated. His in-laws refused to allow him to live with them, so Alfred lived with his mother, uncle, and siblings on Sydney Road in Teddington. Less than a mile from where the murders had taken place. Whiteway admitted to the rape of the 14-year-old girl, but denied killing Barbara and Christine. When his wife and mother-in-law were questioned to confirm Alfred's alibi on the night of the murders, their stories didn't add up. Nellie's mother denied that Alfred was at the house that night, and said that her daughter was in bed by 11. Alfred said that she was lying. Upon further investigation, Hannam also discovered that Alfred Whiteway knew Barbara Songhurst's family. Barbara's sister-in-law, June, had once dated Alfred Whiteway, and her older brother, Danny, considered Alfred a friend. The family were so sure that Alfred couldn't have done it, that they defended his character to the police. The Songhurst family believed that Alfred was a, quote, kind and considerate, decent boy. But Detective Hannam knew that he had his man. However, without physical evidence, he had no case. When Hannam asked Whiteway where the axe was that he threw at trees, Whiteway said that he kept it in a cupboard at home. Police searched the house, but found no hatchet. Detective Hannam asked again, and according to police, Alfred admitted that he had pushed it under the seat of the patrol car when he was first arrested. Incredibly, the axe had been found weeks earlier under the seat by an officer who, thinking nothing of it, took it home and had been using it to chop firewood unwittingly destroying potential blood, hair, and fingerprint evidence in the process. The axe was recovered and shown to Whiteway, who commented that it had been bashed about and blunted. 
in the hopes of eliciting a confession. Detective Hannum told Whiteway that bloodstains had also been found on his shoes. Confronted with this information and the axe, Alfred Whiteway reportedly said, quote, You know bloody well it was me. You know bloody well I done it. What a bloody mess. I'm mental. I must have a fucking woman. I can't stop myself. According to police, Alfred Whiteway then confessed to the killings of Barbara and Christine in gruesome detail. I can't stop it, he said as he was presented with his written confession. Give us it, I'll sign it. On August 20th, 1953, after a nine-week investigation, Alfred Whiteway was charged with the murders of Barbara Songhurst and Christine Reed. And on October 26, 1953, his trial began at the Old Bailey before Justice Hilbury. Whiteway's defense claimed that Detective Hannum had used questionable methods during his interrogation and had fabricated the confession. Alfred's wife, Nellie Whiteway, testified that her husband had been with her at her parents' house drinking tea on the porch on the night of the murders. He asked me what time it was, Nellie told the court. I said it was 11.30 p.m. Alfred Whiteway claimed that he did not know what he was signing when he signed the confession. He claimed that Detective Hannum had put a blank sheet of paper down in front of him and told him to sign the bottom. But despite the lack of forensic and eyewitness evidence, the case and the confession put forth by the prosecution held up. In the end, it took less than 50 minutes for the jury to return its verdict. Alfred Whiteway was found guilty of the double rape and murder and sentenced to death. He was hanged at Wandsworth Prison on December 22, 1953. The axe is now on display in the Black Museum at Scotland Yard. This has been Murder Minute. For true crime anytime, download the Murder Minute app or follow us on Instagram at Murder Minute.